0: This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot.
1: Now we're in a brand new series called The Anchor Holes. And today is sermon number two in this new series. The series is designed to bring some elements of encouragement to your heart, to lift you up, to help your faith increase and the times of daily disruptions and interruptions, and even in some cases, some catastrophic events that come your way. And so I hope and pray that you will be blessed. There are about eight or nine sermons in this series, and all of them deal with this very one thing, and that is bringing encouragement your way. I want you to take your Bibles, if you will, this morning and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14. And while you're turning in your Bibles, and I remind you again, they will get the scriptures that we're going to be using on the screen as quickly as they can. And you can refer to them or refer to your scriptures that you're holding in your lap. Matthew chapter 14. Most everyone in here today is familiar with
0: Corey Tin Boom. She grew up in a devout religious family. Something
1: very interesting about her is that during World War II, she and her family, they harbored hundreds of Jews who were being persecuted by the Nazi oppression and who was, in fact, being arrested and confiscated and processed through concentration camps. In this endeavor, she was betrayed by a, a Dutch citizen. Her family was as well, and the entire family, as a result of being betrayed, the whole family was Taken and imprisoned. And during one of these horrific periods of time in life where hundreds of thousands
0: of people were killed, millions of Jews were killed and persecuted
1: in World War II. Somehow, by God's grace, Corey Timboon survived. In 1971, she wrote an amazing book called The Hiding Place. Some of you may have that. Corrie Ten Boom, at the age of 91 years old, passed away on April the 15th, 1983. And one of her quotes I've chosen to use in the message today because I believe it says so
0: much about what we're talking about. This is what Corey Tim Boone said. In order to feel the worth of the anchor, we need to feel the stress of the storm. Isn't that amazing? In order
1: to feel the worth of the anchor, what are we talking about? The anchor holds. In order to feel the worth of the anchor, we have to feel the need, we have to see it. We need to feel the stress of the storm. I thought that was precious and it fits everything so well today as we're talking about hidden blessings in the storms of life. I want you to see here something very... I'm going to give you several spiritual truths this morning. I've given you this bulletin. I've given you a little place here from time to time to take some notes and to add some things in what we're talking about to make yours complete, but I'm going to be sharing with you that what I believe today is some encouragement, some hope, some peace, and troublesome times. I want you to look with me at this passage of Scripture. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 14, verse number 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him and to the other side while he sent the multitude away. Now, here's what I want you to understand this morning, that in this passage of Scripture, we find the disciples of the Lord trapped in a grip, a fierce grip of a fierce storm. And in this particular storm, the disciples believed that this was their doom, that this was their demise. They believed that there was no escape from this particular storm. That was absolutely no doubt in any of their minds. They actually thought they were going to die right here. I've been on the Sea of Galilee many times, and uh, several of you that have gone with me to the Holy Land on multiple times, you know we've been out there before with the sun shining so bright And before we got just a little ways out, storm clouds came up. We know how windy it can get. Even in the modern times that we've been, you can only imagine what it was like in this particular episode of Scripture. Now, the thing that we have to remember in this story, and you've got to really apply yourself this morning to get these spiritual truths, but the thing that I want you to know right off of the bat is that it was Jesus himself who sent these disciples directly into the path of the storm. This is what I want you to get. This is something that I want you to hold in your heart today. Jesus sent them directly there. And here's the thing. Because Jesus was God in the flesh, John 1.14 teaches us that. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. John 1.1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus was God in the flesh. So we have to understand this, that when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, he did not lay aside any of his Godhead, any of his attributes. Jesus and God, the Holy Spirit, they are omniscient. Jesus was omniscient with the Father in heaven. When he came to the earth, he was still omniscient. He still knew all things. And the scriptures refer to that multiple times. He would go into a place where he was going to teach. And the Bible said he knew what these people were thinking. So he was omniscient. And here's the point. Jesus sent these disciples directly into the storm, all knowing. And here's the thing. Jesus could already see. Jesus already knew the end of the story. So that's a spiritual truth that I want you to get today and to apply today. Jesus now, this is what's happening. He had just finished feeding the multitudes, the five loaves and the two fishes. It was getting a little late in the day, and so Jesus said to his disciples, I want you to get in the ship, and I want you to go to the other side. I'll meet you over there. Now, when Jesus commanded his disciples to get in the ship, he already knew that they were going to encounter a fierce storm. He already knew every detail about what they were going to experience. So he could see his disciples now. Maybe they're, they're getting some supplies or maybe they're getting an extra cloak or something and they're getting themselves together and Jesus maybe is standing back and he knows exactly what's going to happen. So he puts his disciples in the ship, get in the ship, he says, and he says, sail this way, I'm going to meet you on the other side. And so they begin to sail. Now, here's the thing. If Jesus told them to do this, if Jesus told them to get in the ship and they did it, that would mean that these disciples at that particular time, they were operating in the, in the center of God's will. Jesus told them to do something. They surrendered, they submitted to that, and they did it. They were doing exactly what the will of Jesus was. And here's what I'd like for you to understand this morning. Because there are many of us here today that is going through a storm, that we're going through some type of disruption. We're going through some type of interruption in life. No doubt, many of you that are watching today by internet, you're going through maybe, maybe something is catastrophic your way. Maybe, maybe something has turned your life upside down. When Brother Charles gave me this information about his 17 year old great, great niece missing, listen, that's enough to turn anybody's world upside down. But something that you at home might be experiencing, or you here today, maybe your heart's ripped out and you're here, you're sitting here today and maybe you're holding back tears. And you're saying, if you only knew, I'm here today, preacher in body, but my spirit is broken. I feel depressed. I feel overwhelmed. I feel that things are never going to be the same again. Something has happened in my life. I need to talk to you at some point. But here's what I want you to understand. If you're taking notes today, I want you to get some of these spiritual truths. Jesus told the disciples to get in the boat And to start sailing out on the Galilee, knowing that a fierce storm was about ready to hit them. And it was not only going to hit them and affect them, but it was going to rock and shake their faith. But here's what I'd like for you to remember this morning. That even being in the perfect will of God, and that's exactly what these disciples were. Jesus told them to do something very specific, get in the boat. They got in the boat. Jesus said, sail on the water. They were sailing on the water. So everything Jesus told them to do, they were doing it. They were in at that moment God's perfect will. But the truth that I want you to understand today is this. Just because we are doing what the Lord has told us to do, just because we are surrendered to his will, that will never mean we will never have storms in life. It will never mean that there will not be catastrophic interruptions and disruptions in our life. These disciples did everything that the Lord told them to do. And here's what I want you to learn this morning. Being in the will of God did not keep them from being in the storm. So no matter how devoted you are to the Lord, You could be doing everything that you know to be right according to the Holy Scriptures and you can mark it down. You can count on the fact that your life is going to be interrupted from time to time with a terrible storm.
0: Now, here's the thing. When this storm came up, it wasn't a little thing. When the
1: lightning started to flash, it wasn't heat lightning. When the lightning began to flash and all of the waves began to roll, look what verse number 24 says. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, look at this, tossed with waves for the wind was contrary. These men were stuck out on the water. They were not able to get out. Let me ask you this. Maybe what you're going through this morning, you feel stuck and you don't know if there's a way out. You don't know how to get around it. You don't know what to do. Maybe you have been in a situation like that in the past and no matter how hard you tried or no matter how hard you're trying now to get out of the mess or the brokenness that you're in right now, you simply could not make any headway. In fact, the more you tried, you feel like the worst it got. I believe I'm talking to somebody today that knows what I'm talking about. You've been there. You've experienced those kind of things. I know I have. I believe that all of us have had things like this to happen to
0: us in life. And this is what I found out. That as close to the Lord we can possibly
1: be doing everything that God would have us to do that we know of, when these storms in life come our way and they rock our world, This is the most vulnerable time in our spiritual life. And believe me, this is when the devil will come at you the worst. Can I have a witness? The devil knows when, he knows how, and he certainly knows where. So when we get into these predicaments of life, whether it's an interruption, whether it's a disruption, Whether it's catastrophic, something has rocked our world, turned our life, our heart upside down. That's when the devil, you can count on it, is going to make his strategic move. He's going to come against us in times like this. This is when he's really going to attack my faith. This is when he's really going to attack your faith. This is when he's going to try to play with my mind. That's when he's going to try to play with your mind. When you get in the storms and these things happen. But there's an important Bible truth that I want you to, that I want to share with you this morning. And first let me give you the scripture for it. It's in Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 11. This is precious. I want you to get it. It really applies to what we're talking about today. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 11, look at it very carefully. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous. That's when your heart is broken. That's when your world is shattered. That's when life is turned completely upside down but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, you remember the scripture that says, weeping may endure for the night but joy comes in the morning. Look at this, through perilous times, through the storms of your life, through catastrophic events, things that you cannot control, things that you cannot change, things when it happens, it seems the more you do to try to fix it, the worse it gets. Look at this. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. And so that's a tremendous passage of scripture. The word of God is saying this, that no storm ever seems like there could be any good that comes out of it. When we get into those places, we begin to cry. We begin to weep. We begin to call out to God. And we say, how in the world can this be? How can this happen to me? And maybe the preacher Maybe your Sunday school teacher, maybe a servant of the Lord, they'll come to you in confidence and they'll say, I'm going through this terrible time and, and uh, I'm facing these catastrophic things in my life. And maybe I would give a scripture, somebody else would give you a scripture that says, trust in the Lord and do good. Or we say this, we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God. And you're sitting back, you're getting some of these scriptures and you're saying, how in the world can anything good come out of what I'm facing right now? Everything is turned upside down. But listen carefully. If you're willing to go with God, he'll go with you. And you think about this. If you go through this storm, if you go through this disruption, if you go through this interruption in life and remain in the will of God,
0: at the end of the storm, the Bible says there is peaceable fruit. That's why
1: we have to be steadfast. The thing I want to show you this morning is that there are hidden blessings in the storms of life. And I want to show you what three of them are. Number one, if you're taking notes today, look in your outline and let me read verse number 25 for you. Matthew 14, verse number 25. The scripture says, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And if you're looking in your notes, number one. Storms are God's means of transportation. Get the spiritual truth in your heart today. You see, God uses disruptions. God uses difficulties. He he uses interruptions in our life. Sometimes to take us to other needful areas in our life. He knows when to do it, just like the devil does. He knows how to do it, just like the devil does. He knows where to do it, just like the devil does. Listen, God knows how He would like to work in our life, and in order for us to get to this place over here, where God would have us to be, God steps back. He doesn't say, "What, what can I do now?" What what? What would work for him? What would work? God doesn't operate like that. He knows exactly what to do. He's omnipotent. So what God does, he says, get in the ship, get in the boat. And God knows that there's a storm cloud coming ahead, but he also knows that in order to get us to certain places in our life, he's got to send a storm our way. And so God, he uses storms sometimes In the means of transportation to get us to the place where he would want us to be. God was going to use this specific storm and this particular story in the life of these disciples as a vehicle to reveal himself to them. When he said, get in the ship, that ship really wasn't just a ship. That ship was a bus. He was basically saying, boys, get on the bus. I'm going to take you somewhere. There's a place I want you to be. And so here's the thing. I'm convinced that God will do the very same thing for us. I want you to notice how Jesus came to them that night. If you're taking notes, look at letter A in your outline today. Jesus came to them in the darkness. And there's something about the darkness that I want you to see in the scripture this morning. He came to them in the darkness, verse number 25. And then the fourth watch, underline those words in your Bible, the fourth watch. That's between three o'clock in the morning and 6 a.m. And and in fact, those particular hours, three to six in the morning are the darkest areas, the darkest time of night. And I will say this, you might be facing the darkest time of your life right now. Because of this COVID situation, we're not able to get together in person a lot. I'm not having a lot of people coming to the office right now. I'm doing a lot of texting and emailing and that sort of thing. But maybe there's, there's someone that is saying... I'm going through the darkest period of my life. I haven't told you about it yet, preacher, but I just want you to pray for me. You're going through the darkest hour of your life. But listen carefully. If you are a child of God, you have been saved by God's grace. You cannot forget that he has promised never to leave you. He is with you forever. Somebody say amen. Hebrews 13, 5 says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You might say, well, pastor, the darkness that I'm going in and going through right now is darkness like I've never seen, like I've never known before. It's unbelievable darkness. It's overwhelming. It's so thick that I don't know if I will ever see the light of day. Well, let me give you some encouragement this morning from the word of God. If you feel like the lights are turned off and that you're walking through unbearable darkness, I want to give you two scriptures this morning. First Kings chapter eight and verse number 12. They will get the scriptures on the screen. I've got to go quick this morning. Look at this scripture. First Kings chapter eight and verse number 12. Then spake Solomon, the Lord said that he would dwell in thick darkness. So if you're pressing through some problem today and you're overwhelmed, you feel beaten down, listen, and you feel the lights are turned off, you feel that things around you are just so dark you have no idea which direction to go, be comforted in the word today. The Bible says that the Lord dwells in thick darkness. And then in Psalms chapter 139 verses 11 and 12 The psalmist said this, If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. And so the Bible is declaring that it does not matter what it looks like on the outside. When you see darkness, God sees light. You have to be encouraged in that. The Bible is saying that none of the dark hours of our life can ever remotely hide us from God. In the dark, in the thickness of darkness, when you cannot see Him, be assured He can see you. The Bible says, hey, He's there. Now, not only did Jesus come to them in the darkness, but look at Let Her Be There. Jesus came to them in disaster not only darkness, but in disaster. So if you look at verse 24, the Bible says again, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves. Look at this, for the wind was contrary. They were beginning to think they were not gonna make it, that they were going to die. But let me remind you of something precious today. Just as God is in control of your blessings, he is also in control of your storm. He's also in control of your catastrophic moments. The times when you feel the earth has shattered around you. God is just as in control of that as he is on the mountain in your joyful times. Jesus may not ever stop storms coming your way altogether. He may not keep you from going in the storm. But remember this, he will keep you while you're in the storm. He said, didn't that sound alike? Listen, he will never necessarily keep you from going into one, but he certainly, because you're a child of him, he will keep you while you're going through it. That's a big difference. Number two, I want to give you this real quick, and I want you to see verse 25 through 31. And storms are means of God's testing. Not only are storms vehicles, that God uses to transport us to different places. But storms are God's means of testing. Let's look at the scripture. Verse 25 through verse number 31. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter said, or answered him, and said, Lord, if thou bid me... Come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. You, you say, You really believe that, preacher? I really do. That's in the Word of God. Verse number 30. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Now listen carefully. They had to take their eyes off of their personal circumstance just for a moment. Peter, just for a moment, he saw everything that was happening around him. He thought he was going to die just like the rest of them did. He saw Jesus out there walking on the water and for a moment. He took his eyes off of the problem and he put them on Jesus. He said, Lord, bid me to come. Jesus said, come. And just for a moment, a fleeting moment, he took his eyes off of the storm, off of the waves, off of the catastrophic imminent doom of death. He took his eyes off of that just for a fleeting second. He said, Lord, bid me to come. Jesus said, come. He got out of the boat and started walking on the water for a fleeting moment. He was totally focused on the Savior. Now, what did Jesus say when they focused on him? Listen carefully. When they focused on him, who is that out there? They were beginning to see that it was Jesus. Jesus didn't say to them, hey, boys, you, y'all are in a heap of trouble here. Y'all, you better reach for your life jacket real quick. Jesus didn't say, listen now, you boys, you're in a heap of trouble. One not y'all better get a bucket and start bailing water. Look at this. He he didn't say, hey, boys, you're in such deep trouble right now. If I were you, I'd, I'd call it this way, every man for himself. That's not what Jesus did. When Jesus saw them in the situation and they looked at him, this is what he did walking on the water in the storm.
0: He said, hey, guys, cheer up. Be of good cheer is what he said. That's the same
1: message that he speaks to you and I today. The reason that Jesus told these guys to cheer up in the darkest moment of their life when they thought they were going to die. And let me say this, when you go through problems, you know you've been through a problem, you've had this trouble, you've had that trouble, but have you ever been in one where you thought that you were literally going to die? Has your heart been so overwhelmed in a moment like that, you didn't know if you're ever going to see the light of day again? Think, about, that's the situation these guys were in. And the reason why he told them to cheer up, you've got to really look at this. He didn't say, hey, boys, just hang on a little bit longer here because the Coast Guard's coming. It's not what he
0: did. Jesus said, hey, boys, cheer up. I'm here. I'm here. It is I, is what he said. I'm on the scene. Now, look at verse 27 again. But
1: straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. I'm on the scene. I'm here now. And so let her be here. Look at this. Storms increase our faith. Storms not only help us to focus, but storms help us to increase our faith. Look at verse 28 and 29. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me, look at this, come unto thee on the water. Just for a fleeting moment, Peter took his eyes off of the circumstances, put them on the Lord, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go with Jesus. For a brief moment, he got the idea. And let me say this in his defense, because we know what happened here in just a few verses. But Peter was the only one who had faith enough to get out of the boat. He was the only one that could say, I walked on my storm. Jesus was teaching a very important lesson here. He's demonstrating that all of these disciples had the ability to walk on the storm just like Peter did, just like he did. In fact, when Peter said, Lord, bid me to come, if John had said, yeah, Lord, let me come too. Jesus would have given him permission to walk on the water as well. If Thomas had to say, hey, well, if you guys are going to do it, Lord, can I come with them?" Jesus would have said, yeah, step out. He gave this invitation openly. Peter was the only one that had faith enough to get out of the boat. Number three, quickly, look at verse number 32 through 33. And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, saying of a truth, thou art the son of God. Number three, storms are God's means of testimony. And letter A here, and I want to ask you the question, why is that important? Letter A, God allows storms in our life to declare his omnipotent power. We've all heard stories how Jesus can speak peace. Several times, in other passages, in circumstances related to this, we know how Jesus said to the storm, he stretched out his hands and he spoke peace. He said, peace be still. When the wind was blowing contrarily, Jesus said, peace be still. And the, and the scripture says, even the wind obeyed his voice. So whether he was talking to the thunder, whether he was talking to the hail maybe coming down, whether he was talking to the boisterous water coming into the boat, all he had to do was speak the word and say, peace be still. Y'all cut it out. I had enough of this. We've all heard stories how Jesus can speak peace. But I want you to notice something interesting here. In this particular passage, Jesus didn't say, hold on. Mr. Wind, would you stop blowing immediately? I had enough of it. He didn't speak to the wind. In this passage, he did not speak to the wind. In this passage, he didn't speak to the sea. In this passage, he didn't speak to the darkness. In this passage, he did not speak to the turmoil that they were going through.
0: All he did was... He got in the boat. That's all he did. This is significant. Because while they were panicked, they were fearing imminent
1: death. And Jesus is saying this. Hey, guys, cheer up. I'm here. He gets in the boat. Now, look at this. When he got in the boat, everything seemed to calm down. And here was the thing. When you're going through a problem today, and again, I look out across this congregation, we have a great Sunday morning gathering here today. God bless you and I thank you for coming. I don't know how many are watching today by internet, but God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Here's the thing. When you're overwhelmed, you have a disruption that comes up in your life, whether it's a family problem, whether it's financial, whether it's in your marriage, domestic, I don't know what you're going through today. Maybe you're facing a a terrible decision you've got to make and your heart pounds. You don't know if you're going to do the right thing. Maybe you're dealing with family issues that are living in other places of the town, other states or whatever. You're going through health difficulties. You don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. You don't know what any of these things are going to bring. Listen carefully. Instead of panicking, instead of getting fretful, instead of thinking, hey, this is it, I'm in for the last count. I'm going down. There's no way out hey this is what you do instead of going that route just let jesus get in your boat
0: just let him get in that's all he did he got in the boat let him get in our
1: boats i want our musicians to come forward listen today in this in this short message of encouragement learn these three spiritual
0: truths today let them bless your heart If you're going through some difficult thing today, look out in the distance. And if you look hard enough, you can see the promise of the Savior. I'll never leave you. And whatever you're going through today, listen. Remember this. He's an
1: ever-abiding presence with you. You look out there, and you will see the Lord. Well, preacher, seems like every light of day is gone. Don't forget, He dwells in the thickness
0: of darkness. Don't ever forget that. You listen to Pastor Tony Kahoot for more information. Visit our website at bufordroadbaptistchurch.com.